Today on the podcast, I interview Chris Winger. He is an enthusiastic school-based SLP, and he works with older students. We have a great conversation about tips and strategies you can use in your sessions to keep your students engaged. You may know Chris as he's widely known as Speech Dude. He's really, really fun. His enthusiasm for the field and his passion for helping his students increase their communication skills is absolutely evident. So if you need a little pick-me-up and you want to learn some tips and strategies that you can use in your next therapy session, you're going to want to tune in and listen to the whole podcast today. Let's get started. You're listening to Autism Outreach Podcast, a podcast full of ready-to-use strategies to help those with autism strengthen their communication skills. Here's your host, Rose Griffin of ABA Speech, a speech therapist and board-certified behavior analyst who shares tips you can use in your next therapy session. Hi, thanks for joining us on episode 17 of the Autism Outreach Podcast. My name is Rose Griffin, and I am here to help you learn strategies you can use in your therapy sessions tomorrow to help your students. And today we have Chris Winger, aka Speech Dude with us. Thanks so much for joining us. It's so nice to have you on. Thank you so much, Rose. I appreciate you having me on. This is going to be a great episode. We've got so much to talk about relating to social media. I just (laughs) am really thrilled about this episode with you. So Yes, we were just talking before I hit record and we were just talking TikTok and all the fun things that Chris is doing. And I love following your journey on social media. So I know that you're a school-based SLP. I mean, I know you work with high school students. I'm not sure if that's the only age group that you work with, but I immediately was attracted to your content because I too work with high school students and I feel like finding another high school-based SLP is very, very hard to do. So when you find somebody, you're like, oh yes, this person gets it. But can you tell us a little bit about you and your journey? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So you nailed it right there. I, I work primarily with uh, adolescents. I My journey started off with a family of educators and they encouraged me to get into the field of special education. So I started off as a special ed teacher and then I transitioned over into the SLP life. And it's been fantastic. So both my parents were in the high school setting. My dad taught PE for 35 years. And then my mother, she now works on the administrative side of type deal. But yeah, that's where I got my journey started. I am telling you that this is my niche, high school. Everything about it. So it just something that over the years I've, I've grown to love. And so they are, that's my background. I loved watching you on SLP Summit because we've interacted like on Instagram a little bit and things like that. But I loved your SLP Summit talk and I loved it when you had your picture up and then I think you had your dad's picture up. Is that correct? Did you do that? That's, in that was my dad, yeah. Yeah, you guys look so much alike. You look so similar. And I was so intrigued to find out that you were first a special education teacher and then became a speech therapist. Did you have, did you interact with speech therapists or did you just start to see what speech therapists did and that it was interesting to you? Or how did you make that pivot from teacher to speech therapist? That's interesting. So 2001 was when I got my start as a teacher. And the SLP on the campus that I worked at, which was Chafee High School, was a male SLP. So at that time, back in 2001, it was even less prominent of men being in the field. And I said, you know what? I w- he, he was encouraging me. He said, we need more men in the field. Why don't you check it out? And I said, let me shadow you for a day. So I shadowed him for a day and I said, this is the ticket. I love working on communication skills and social skills and all of the things that come with our role as a high school SLP. And so, yeah, I, I have never looked back. But the nice thing about being a teacher in the classroom first for myself was to get an idea of a wide variety of 
abilities and really get familiar with writing an entire IEP. So before I became an SLP, I was really familiar with how to write goals that were measurable and really how to work with parents and really gain that perspective of what it's like to be at an IEP table in multiple facets, you know, from teacher to SLP. And so it was really cool. Cool journey. That's awesome. Very cool. I was actually just a guest on a podcast today. It was all about IEPs. And the person, her her beginning question was, what brought you to the IEP table? So that's interesting that you've been in the IEP table in different roles and kind of gives you such a holistic idea of, you know, what is it like to be a teacher? What is it like to be the speech therapist? And that's really, really cool. I love that so much. Absolutely. So today we're going to dig into the topic about social media, which I think I've probably (laughs) said, I don't think I've said TikTok a whole lot on these podcast episodes yet, but I always say Instagram because I do spend a lot of time online. Just part of my everyday, I'm always like making a story or, you know, making a TikTok or something like that. So I'm excited to talk about this. So we're going to talk about how to use social media to target social skills uh, with Speech Dude, which you're definitely have a social media presence. So I'm excited to hear about how you're kind of incorporating that into therapy and, and really why we should use social media in therapy. I like that idea. And I always try to think that as a speech therapist, like when I work with my students, I always think to myself, what is my day comprised of? My day is comprised of my family and work that I enjoy and, you know, social media, Netflix, those types of things. And just that this is really such a big part of life. So I'm excited to hear about, um, you know, why do you think that we should use social media in our therapy? Why is that important? Well, you know, I'm going to just piggyback off of what you were mentioning right there on most of us and our interest being in a world of technology and social media. So, you know, just right off the bat, If we're engaged in our activities that we're working with, our students, the students will be in more engaged. I'll also tell you that students that are our older students, our middle and high school students, are their interests are connecting with their peers. I will tell you that, you know, working with kids on the spectrum, working with social cognitive deficits or any, I should just say any kids, they want to connect with their peers. And so working with something like social media in therapy is builds that platform. It helps them connect to their peers. And you know, it's it's again, it's super relevant. If the materials that we're using are relevant for the students and in their interest, then we're going to find more motivation. We're going to find more engagement. And that's what it's all about. I mean, when you could start a therapy session right off the bat with some fun and some engagement, and then they're ready to go, then you're just going to have a good time and they're ready for the next session. So, I mean, there's just so many, so many positive um, elements to social media. Now, I want to share with you a couple things on social media, whether it's our students or even adults, of the importance of identifying the skills that we teach, which are the ability to make inferences and the ability to perspective take. If you're logging in and your profile picture is a picture of, you know, you in the pajamas with your hair all up and all of these things, then you're putting out a perspective and people make snap judgments. If your profile screen name or your username is something like martini drinking student or whatever it is, (laughs) right? right? We're going to make a judgment on that. So we 
all of these things we have to kind of identify and work with for our students so that way they can connect in a positive way with their peers. Yeah, that's a great idea because I have this so boring. I feel like you're very hip and I'm very boring, but I do have this ethics talk, okay, that I sell on my website. We're an Ashproof CE provider. But we talk about having your digital footprint, which I think is another really important thing to talk about with social media. And I'm sure you go over those types of things with your students too, but kind of that idea of, you know, this is your social media. People are going to be, you know, making judgments about your profile file or, you know, your email address or whatever it is. And that same kind of light is, you know, kind of like people are going to log on and see that. I actually did use a TikTok. And I think you're going to be able to know the name of the guy, the guy who was on the skateboard. Everybody saw it with Fleetwood Mac. I cannot remember what that TikTok right. but what Dog was... face. Okay. Dog face. Okay. So there was this TikTok video <laughs> that's been viewed. I don't even know how many times and dog face. I don't know. The story goes like his car broke down. He just got on on a skateboard. He was drinking cranberry juice and he made this really cool video. It really like struck a chord with me. It just was so freeing. And with COVID, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I love this 100%. So a long time ago when that video came out, I did an uh, like a little group where we I showed the video. And then actually News LA or Newsella, however you say it, there was actually an article all about him and about the video and why he had the video and things that have happened in his life since the video. And then... I showed the students a video on TikTok. You know, it was actually on YouTube, but I think they maybe took it down. And we showed it to them. And then everybody at their own language level, you know, we were able to talk about it. Some students were using their AAC device to construct sentences about what was happening in the video. And it was really, I mean, it was fun for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> because I really Absolutely. do like TikTok and it's really fun and it's current. I mean, I think that's the thing with the kids too. Like I just did something about the Super Bowl last week. And even if I feel like you're not, your family doesn't watch it, I think it's important important to know what the Super Bowl is, who the teams are, that the weekend was going to be the halftime show, because sometimes our students are not as aware of those. And just like you said, they kind of want to be around with their peers and know what's kind of going on. Would you say that's true for your kids? A hundred percent. Yeah. It keeps real life, real world scenarios and situations that are current. You know, it's funny mentioning even on that TikTok video you're talking about and the screen name, dog face. You know, I was thinking about changing my speech dude thing over to horse face. Just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's like the, right off the bat, like you're like, wait a minute. There was a, uh, it's funny. I was just watching a video today with a guy that was in court online. I don't know if you've seen that yet or not, no, but no. he had the snap camera up and it was of a cat and he couldn't change the filter from his face being a cat and he's oh. in court. It's like, oh my gosh. So, but yeah, following up with our students and what you're mentioning on, on those activities that you're doing, building perspectives and really working on some of those hidden rules as well. I will, I, I can tell you that this has happened more times than not, but every once in a while, because my, my profile is public, I'll have a student email me and he'll say, hey, did you get my inbox on Instagram? And then to which I always reply, yes, which one of the 15 messages are you referring to? Because they'll write and say, hey, did you get this last message? And I'm like, I can see it, buddy. I can see all these messages. And it's like this outpouring of like, hey, I just want to know if you got this. I'm like, okay, you can write maybe one or two messages right. and then wait for the person to write you back. So there's this old Zen Buddhism saying, which is how you do anything is how you do everything. And so if he's messaging me, or if I have a student that's messaging me 15 times in a row without me replying, then can you imagine how many times he's doing that to his peers? Right. And how many times he's emailing his teachers? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, so the behaviors are kind of going across the board. The behaviors that happen on that we we present ourselves with on social media are in other contexts as well. You know, it's yes. one of those things too, where it comes down to the comments that we make on certain pages. If we see a picture that we like and we make a comment, we can do that, but we don't want to go and add five more comments because not only is that person seeing it, but the rest of the world's going, what is going on here? (laughs) Or it's a little creepy too. Another hidden rule just in general is to make a comment on a picture or a video that's really, really old. I mean, that's another kind of, you know, because then you can tell somebody's done a deep dive on your, (laughs) I know this has happened to you, you know, but like those kind of little nuanced things where obviously if we connect with somebody new on Facebook, we might be interested to see like, oh, what does their husband or wife look like? Do they have kids? What do they do for a living? You know, like I get a lot of random kind of friend requests. I'm sure you do too, because you're out there online, but that's always a little weird, right? Like that would definitely be a hidden rule. Would that be something that you kind of go over? Like that's a little creepy, like not not recommended. That's the hidden curriculum. And you know what I literally get on a daily basis is how well people can identify the things that are going on in my background. So like I'll post a picture and they're like, hey, so was that a Skittles empty bag in the in the back of your car that I noticed, I'm like, yeah, but that has nothing to do with the video I posted. It's like, all right. Wow. <laughs> I was like, you're starting speech tomorrow. <laughs> right. Very <laughs> observant. Very observant. Yeah, no, that's very cool. So tell us some ways that that you're using social media. Like, so when you're seeing your students, because you got you're in California. So are you guys all virtual now or what is your current therapy looking like? Are you guys in person? Yeah, you know what? It's a little bit different for the high school students. I'm in an all high school district here in California, but Right now, we are all virtual. Students, first semester in elementary schools that were able to go back for a short time have this kind of rollover flexibility, and they're going to be going back a lot sooner than us. But we're virtual for now. Wow. Yeah, that's um, been hard, I'm sure. So what are some ways that you've been using social media or engaging? I know you had like a really cool idea on SLP Summit, which maybe you weren't even going to talk about today, but where if somebody's kind of not engaged in the session, you were doing something to kind of bring them back in to kind of get them motivated. I can't remember what it was, like a hand gesture or something like that. Do you know what I'm referring to? I'm all about- You know what? I'm all about the hand gestures. I will rattle off some quick hand gestures. I will play a game called Scarf or Barf and I have to make a hand gesture that keeps their camera on where they have to just like pretend like they're shoving food in if they like the food. And if they don't like it, they have to pretend like they're barfing. So I'll say say something like broccoli and then half of them will do the scarf or half of them will do the barf, things Uh like that. So, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to the social media part of things, there's a few things that I do. On my website, on the bottom, I have have my Instagram that syncs up and streams over to the website. So it's kind of cool because I quite often will post a video of something current that happened that's either motivational or that's inspiring. And it's, you know, those videos are under a minute and I can't tell you, well, you know, like just the kids are real similar to me. I I have a shorter attention span. So (laughs) one minute or less is perfect for me. Um, So that's one thing that I do is I'll jump over to the site. I'll show them the video. And then from there, I kind of just off the cuff am able to talk about a variety of social skills, such as, you know, their ability to perspective take, identify people in the background. We talk about inferencing. So identifying facial expressions and tone of voice and all of those types of things. Now, 
for the SLP that might need it, not really a little guidance, but does it, that needs a quick go-to um, resource on my Boom store, my Boom Learning store. I have a couple social media decks that are there. So the work's already done for them. And here's the really nice thing about that. It'll present a an image or a quick video. And what they'll have to do is they'll have to identify and infer what the caption is at, in as well as tie it to the video and then select the hashtags that are most appropriate oh. for that video. Yeah. And then it goes to the next deck where it's open for them. The kids get to create their own caption and the kids get to make their own hashtags. Um. So it's really cool because it's fun for the for the therapist as well to go to see what the kids are thinking. You could really work on that gestalt processing for the thinking up, you know, the big picture. Right. You could work on their ability to infer what's going on in the picture. You could work on helping them with their expressive language. There's just so much room for growth on those things as well. So, but then, yeah, extending beyond those two things, you could just go to Instagram.com and then screen share in a Zoom call and then search hashtags, you know? Right. So right now we would search hashtag Valentine's Day and see what comes up and the right. kids will get an idea of how people are using those as an effective way to search for things. And yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. It's really cool. I mean, that there's really just cool. so many, it's fun for the SLP. That's, that's what it's all about too. <laughs> if we're having well, no, fun, it they're is having fun. really fun because, you know, I'm part of some of these Facebook groups. Like there's a really good one. that's like SLPs, middle school, high school, and there's really good dialogues on there and conversations. I don't know if you're really on Facebook. I have, I ever see you in those groups, but you know, sometimes people are just like, I'm the number one thing is because I was just talking to some doing a presentation presentation for some local speech therapists here about teletherapy last week. And, you know, I'm like, what's your number one pain point when you're working with students with autism, you know, through teletherapy? And the number one thing that people are really struggling with is engagement. So, you know, the ideas that you're sharing are very engaging. And so I think those are all really important things to think about. I like those ideas. So the boom learning, is it... So you have... You've taken like a video and then the students can determine what they think would... the caption, what the caption is. Is that what it is? They're kind of thinking about it. Right. So it starts off with the video and it already has a caption there, but then they'll have three different groups of hashtags. Okay. And then what they have to do is pick the two hashtags that go best with both the video and the caption. Okay. And then um, following that, again, they have to create their own. And that's where the magic happens. That's where the fun happens. I'm telling you. Right. Um, yeah. So that's a lot of fun. I have just recently... It's real small right now, but I've recently opened up a store on Teachers Pay Teachers. And my idea behind that is to, because over 18 years of working with high school kids right. and trying to find materials that are highly engaging has yeah. been difficult. So there's only so many Pixar films I can show them before <laughs> they're like, we've already seen this one. <laughs> so I, I am in the process of pulling everything from, uh, from my resources of 18 years of what I have found really engaging and then supporting that with, again, a lot of video use because it's really engaging. You can use real world scenarios. You can build on the social emotional learning part of it. Right. And so all of these areas are targeted as they watch a video, they have their prompting question there. So oh, I think uh, that's great. That's awesome. And you know what? I actually, because I, I tend to work with older students and have for most of my career, I actually have a product. It's for kids with more severe autism, but it's a game 
game with real pictures and the students can match picture to picture or they can match like the basketball to the person playing the basketball because I was finding a lot of the times that my students, it's called double up, but I was finding that students are so limited in what they can enjoy as they become adults. I just feel like there's not as many things for people to do. I actually just had somebody on who is an autistic adult. He's also a social worker here local in the Cleveland area. And he was talking about this really cool online social skills group that they started. And it's really, really neat. They have like this app. I can't remember. It's like a gaming app. But you know, everybody can kind of communicate how they want, like by audio, where they can turn their video on, all those different things. Oh, and you know, the one thing that I thought was interesting that I was talking about with um, Nathan Morgan, that's his name, is that sometimes people don't want to turn their cameras on. And I know with high school, you know, like I think with high school, the biggest thing is, and I've worked with so many students, you know, it's like they're in high school, right? Like you have to really build rapport with them. You have to show them that you care. You have to show them that, you know, you're fun. You want them to learn, but you obviously want it to be an enjoyable experience and all that good stuff. But have you had any trouble with students turning their cameras on or anything like that? Or you just kind of let them keep them off? Or have you been dealing with that? Because I know with COVID, it's all virtual. So. Right. I think a lot of people have struggled with that in the past. So a couple of those hand gesture strategies have been very helpful for me. So I'll teach them in sign language how to say yes Okay. And yeah. no. Yeah. yeah. About to say no. And at the beginning of every session, I'll say, all right, you guys, we're going to, you know, work on our sign language question and answering. Here we go. Is today Tuesday? Is this, <laughs> you know, is, is Valentine's Day in the month of February? Right. Um, can pigs fly? Whatever it is, they, it requires them to turn their camera on. But I'll come up with some random off the wall questions for them too to make it really fun and engaging. And that's what helps me get their cameras on. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, that's a, that's a great idea. Yeah, I was going to mention um, shadowing what you had mentioned um, earlier. One of the trickiest parts that I have learned in working as a high school SLP are the students who need very minimal supports, mm -hmm. right? Those right. are our kids who are in our, our honors and, and AP classes mm -hmm. that are Yale and Harvard-bound students. Mm -hmm. But right. socially, they need some help. Mm -hmm. Emotionally, they need the help. And it's like, okay, where are we going to find the materials to do that. And I think that, you know, not just with social media, but with tying in relevant, current and engaging video clips and things like that have been what I have found to be successful. The nice thing about it too, is it provides a deeper discourse for conversation when you provide short little videos. You know, and I'm talking about like the one to three minute clips or mm -hmm. 30 second um, deals, but right. I wanted to touch on that too, because yeah, I think that that population of students has been, is challenging to right. find activities that are fun. Right. And just trying to be meaningful and, you know, determine why these things are important. That's what I always do. Like, actually, I just did that this week with a student. But, you know, we had an IEP meeting and the student was not present. But the student, you know, we talked about the goals. And, you know, after the meeting, I always go over student goals with the students to make sure that they're, you know, understanding, like, why do you come to speech therapy? I think all those things when you're working with older students are so very important that we can't just kind of bypass that. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason that I'm here to support you. And like, kind of like you said before, maybe the students that just need a little social support. I've been talking with students and using a lot of like video modeling, but where actually I'm like taking a video, usually of myself, I work in a district where I have like an iPad and we can do stuff like that, where like I would demonstrate a skill, the student would watch it, we would talk about it and um, they would practice it and things like that. And I always try to tell the students like, just pretend that I'm, you know, I'm kind of like your social coach. You know what I mean? That like right. sometimes, you know, sometimes it's important 
important to know these certain skills and to be able to execute them at certain times that may be important for competitive employment and all those different types of things. And I think video is definitely the way to go. But there's a lot of like, I love your idea of kind of drawing people in with something really fun like that. I think a lot of, well, maybe it's just me. A lot of speech therapists kind of struggle with that. Like, what is fun? How can I get the student engaging? I know that they're not, but how can I make this a little bit more fun instead of just, you know, feeling defeated because the student didn't turn their camera on or, you know, when they're in high school, it's kind of like, okay, this comes up on your Google calendar and, you know, you need to attend, but, you know, or whatever platform you're using. But, you know, you want the students to want to log on. I mean, that they need to, it's required, but I mean, you have to have that rapport with them. So I think some of those ideas are really cool because it's, you can't like make somebody turn their camera on, but you're trying to do these things that are very engaging so that I love that idea of using the sign language. And I think a lot of people wouldn't really think of that. But even if it's with a student that's very conversational, like in the BCBA brain, we would say that's like kind of like you're building this behavioral momentum where, you know, even if it's a student who's conversational, that's kind of a really fun activity because it's getting everybody participating and kind of warming you up, right? For the speech session to begin. It gets that movement and those hand gestures will, yeah, encourage them to turn their cameras on. When I complete when, when I want them to agree or if we're moving on to something, I will also have them put both hands up, shake them around and I'll say, show me your jazz hands if you love that activity or show me your jazz hands if you're ready to watch another video or whatever it is. And that way it'll encourage them to either keep their camera on or turn them on. So that way I can see them. And yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I think that's what it was from the SLT <laughs> Summit. I like the jazz hands. I mean, because I loved your talk so much too, because there was a lot of engagement. I mean, me as a speaker, usually like, you know, I'll say like, you know, ask questions and have people talking in the chat and things like that. But you're super fun. You even did something where you used like an app during SLP Summit and you asked a question, I think, to the live audience and had them like vote. Is that something you did? That was really, really cool. I liked that. Yeah, that was with Mentimeter and using a QR code. So it'll pull it up on the phone end of it. Yeah, Yeah. that's a great strategy too. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. So any of those ideas, I think sometimes we just need to make sure that we're engaging our students, giving them opportunities to communicate. And I love the idea of kind of scaffolding down and, you know, making it something super easy, like answering with yes or no. I think that's really cool too for the students, you know, especially if they're verbal, like to learn some sign language. I think that's, that's really kind of a cool strategy to use. I love that. Great tips and strategies today. I can't wait to try some of these to uh, spice up my therapy sessions for sure. (laughs) These are good ideas. So Chris, tell me, what is the most important piece of advice that you would want to pass along to a future SLP or a current SLP? That is a great question. Gosh, my brain goes everywhere with that one. (laughs) But (laughs) I come by that quote every so often that says, you don't have to be a perfect mom. You have to, but just be a happy mom. And that way the the children will feel it as well, right? And I think that I can extend that advice and that concept over to the life as an SLP. You don't have to be a perfect SLP, but do your best to be a happy one. Self-care, do the things that make you happy because if you're happy, it's going to send those positive vibrations right through your monitor, right through your microphone. Your students are going to feel it. It's like when you stand on a waterbed and one person vibrates or or jumps, everybody feels it. Send out those positive vibes. So yes, stay happy or do what you can to take care of yourself and and others will feel feel the positive vibes. 
Yes, I love that so much because I know that we've all worked with people who were not positive and we know how that feels. So I love that positivity. I think that's what it made me want to have you come on to kind of share that enthusiasm because this time of year, we really need that, right? We uh, definitely need that and need to hear that. So thanks for sharing that. I'm so glad that you could join us today. So where can people find you if they want to find you after this podcast episode? Oh gosh, after this, they can find me on Instagram at speechdude actually anything at speech dude. So if you go on Instagram at speech dude, you can find me on TikTok. You can find me at speech dude. If you go on Spotify, you'll find a figurative language, a motivational and upbeat playlist. If you type in speech dude, I, um, I have followers on there. If you go on YouTube, I have a channel with social learning channels, a lot of it with social thinking uh-huh. methodology, such as thinking with our eyes, perspective, t- all of those types of things. Uh-huh. So yeah, I mean, I just type in speech. And if you go to the web, oh, this is huge. If you go to the website, speechdude.com, there's a link right in the middle. And that's a freebie. And the freebie is all of my favorite websites for older students. Okay. So, I mean, it's not like hundreds of websites. Mm -hmm. It's the concept of minimalism. It's all the best ones. And so, (laughs) honestly, that's gold. And I, I update it quite often. There's so many cool things to, yeah, really use in everyday um, lessons and sessions. So awesome. I yeah. can't wait to check that out. And I like that idea of like just sharing your most important. I, I kind of get annoyed when I get things that are like way too many things. You know what I mean? So I like that <laughs> minimalistic approach. Thanks for that. Make sure to check the show notes for resources we discussed. I hope that you enjoyed the show. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to hit subscribe and write a review. Remember to keep things fun and functional and I'll see you next time. Thanks, Chris. Thank you so much, Rose. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for listening to Autism Outreach. If you enjoyed the show today, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode full of actionable strategies you can use in your therapy room. Write a review too. That would mean so much to me. I always love hearing from you. Have a specific topic that you want included on a future show? Reach out over on Instagram, ABA Speech by Rose, or visit me at www.abaspeech.org.